You're listening to the Agony Column News Report featuring interviews, phone interviews, reports from live book events and festivals, and conversations with readers. You can find additional news, interviews, book reviews, and more five days a week at the Agony Column website at trashotroncom agony. I'm speaking with Eric Simons. He's the author of Darwin Slept Here. Thank you for joining me, Eric. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Eric, the, the concept behind this book is really unique. Tell us what it is and how you came up with it. Uh, okay, well, th- this is kind of a funny story. I was uh, working in a newspaper a couple years after I graduated from college and was totally miserable. Um, was working the night shift and was just having these, like, evening lunches, you know, my lunch break where I'd sit in the cafeteria and I'd pull out the atlas and just kind of think... I've got to get the hell out of here. And and just increasingly far-flung destinations every night. Like, I wonder what Patagonia is like. <laughs> I wonder what, you know, and I just pick these places. And, and finally, actually, I kind of saved up enough money where I was like, screw it, I can't take this place anymore. I'm going to I'm gonna go. So I, I spent uh, six months backpacking around South America, just kind of putting a bunch of distance between me and this job. And I was like 24 at the time. And I got to the very southern tip of South America in Tierra del Fuego. And uh, I was sitting there with a couple of friends and we're looking over at the Beagle Channel one day. And I had this thought, which is, you know, the Beagle Channel, that's where Darwin went. I don't actually know anything else about the guy. I mean, I had this idea and I realized that my idea of him was Darwin left England. He went to the Galapagos. He discovered evolution. And that was that. Uh, so uh, there was an English language bookstore in Tierra del Fuego, which was kind of cool. And I went there and they had a copy of The Voyage of the Beagle in English. And I picked it up and I started reading. And then all of a sudden it was just amazing because Darwin spent five years traveling around in South America. He spent like two months in the Galapagos. And there's all these wonderful stories. And he's telling these great, like, he sounds exactly like everybody I'm staying in the hostel with. Um, he's like, you know, he's a 25-year-old adventurer. He's throwing iguanas and he's, uh, you know, he's just hacking into jungles and he's exploring the coast and he's rolling rocks off mountains and he's telling these kind of stories about South America, about the way it was in the 1830s, and they kind of sound like it is now. So with the book, I I just wanted to kind of bring that up and talk about the stuff he did that you may not have heard about, um, about his time in Rio de Janeiro, about his time kind of wandering down the streets, uh, admiring the girls in Buenos Aires, about him getting bored in Patagonia, all this stuff, and then kind of compare that, well, what are these places like now? What happened to those stories? you know, Darwin went, he was along on this boat that was returning captured natives of Tierra del Fuego back to their homeland. What happened to those people? And where did these stories go? Where did they end up? So it was kind of this attempt to, to compare what it's like to travel in South America, you know, in 1830s and what it's like to travel there now. And, you know, what can you learn from all the stuff Darwin did there? Well, this is really interesting because um, Darwin really was a, a, a did changed the world with the origin of species but it sounds like he had a good time before he did so oh god yeah um and it's funny too because when he went back to england uh after this trip after he'd been abroad for uh five years basically and he kind of stayed there um and he retired to the countryside and actually went to his country house and you know he has this nice mansion out there and he liked to go for his walks and everything but he really uh didn't travel abroad much after that and he became he kind of had some illness later in life that Uh, became increasingly, you know, kind of a damper on his work. And so he has this kind of reputation. And it's not helped by the fact that all the pictures of him, he looks tormented and miserable. There's like a book about Darwin, a big biography, like The Life of a Tormented Evolutionist. Um, And then you read these stories about him while, while he's traveling around. And he's 
really this kind of fun, amiable guy. Like his books are great to read because he has this wonderful kind of charming prose that's very accessible and uh, fun to read. And he tells these fun stories. And he, I mean, one of the reasons he discovered evolution was because he was one of the best observers of things around. And he just was really great at observing things. And he was really great at asking, well, why is that this way? And he didn't just focus always on science. So, I mean, he's got these great observations of culture and, uh, you know, geology and botany and biology, of course, but uh, politics and, you know, what sailors do when they cross the the equator and all this great stuff that, that makes for a really fun, you know, fun trip for him and a fun time just to follow along. It sounds like he was a, a great travel writer. And, and could you talk about comparing your own style of travel writing to his? Sure. I mean, he was a great travel writer. Um, and he, uh, <laughs> this is a good question. Um, I, I think my style is probably much more, uh, you know, 21st century <laughs> American, is much more influenced by a lot of the people I've read. And I mean, his style is very conversational for 18. 18- 30s England. Um, and if you've read like The Origin of Species or something, it's a fairly dense book. You know, it's very long and it's Darwin basically trying to head off all the arguments he knows he's going to encounter. And so it gets very technical and scientific. And this book is very much, uh, you know, his kind of diary of thoughts. And, and in that way, I, I like a lot that it's a conversational kind of book. You know, he wrote he wrote this diary, just kept a diary every day while he was traveling, and then basically turned that into the book. It's like it's kind of like reading a modern blog. <laughs> so, so I, I think you know, it's a fun question. Um, I, I think there's differences just because of the time frame, but I think the approach we were taking was similar. He's trying to capture what was fun and interesting and exciting about this trip, and I mean that's what I was hoping to do as well. Have things changed a lot? What what has changed and what hasn't? That's a great question. Um, so, you know, I started in Rio de Janeiro. This is the first place that Darwin went. Uh, and he's got this great reaction to Brazil. It's like, this is just completely challenging everything he knows about nature. He studied nature only in England. He's never left the UK before. And here he arrives in this hot, humid, tropical, there's just like greens that just blow your mind. You know, his, his young, pure mind can hardly believe the shades of green they've got in Brazil. And uh, it's, it's almost a challenge to your kind of Victorian sense of order and, you know, the English stiff upper lip thing. And here you get to Brazil where things are just growing and like the culture is radically different. So you go there now and, you know, all this forest that Darwin talked about, that Darwin was walking every day, you go to Rio de Janeiro, there's 15 million people there. Um, and it's it's hard to find your little chunk of forest. I mean, what I ended up doing in the book was I found my chunk of forest in Rio de Janeiro and I claimed it and hiked around in it. And it's like, and that's the last bit. <laughs> um, and when Darwin was there, it's just, you know, he'd write about these towns embosomed in woods. And, <laughs> uh, you know, so there's that kind of funny thing. But I think there's also a cool parallel there, which is that, you know, to Darwin, going to Brazil was this challenge to the natural order of things. It was chaotic and wild and crazy. And anybody who's gone to Rio de Janeiro, I mean, they use the same words. It's, it's just a cultural difference. It's chaotic and wild and crazy. And if you don't speak Portuguese, God, you've got no idea what's going on because the culture is so different. So there's these fun, there's like this fun, you go to Brazil now and it's still this wild place, but just for a different reason. Um, you know, a place that stayed more similar, like Patagonia, which is just kind of, you know, especially the Argentine coast, the east coast of, of South America, where it's, it's really dry and it's fairly inhospitable and people have tried to settle there and failed. So you get these little towns now, 4,000 people like clustered around a sheep ranch kind of thing. And, 
you know, there's a lot of places there where you can hike out and be totally by yourself. I mean, to the point where you're looking around kind of like, okay, I'm really by myself. <laughs> um, and there's some places that like Darwin hiked around there that are, yeah, they may not have changed that much. Um, so you can find, you can find both, but. Sounds like in Rio de Janeiro, the people have replaced the trees. Yeah, oh, definitely. <laughs> At least for challenging to your uh, Western sense of space and order in the world. <laughs> Do you get the sense that there's still as much to discover now as there is then, just by virtue of the fact that we have a different perception of science and what's possible? Yeah, I mean, I mean that's a really, really interesting question. I think you have to look in different places for your discoveries, but I think I think there is. I mean, I think this is the whole point of travel is that you can still kind of get most of these thrills that, that Darwin was getting that really, yeah, I mean, I think that a lot of the reason, again, that he kind of went on to become the scientist that he was was because he spent this time traveling. And, you know, if, you, if you've been traveling, if you even, you know, you don't have to go anywhere. Even if you just kind of look at the world this way, you go out and I wonder why things work this way. You still just find every day, like I walk around San Francisco and I find stuff every day. Oh, wow, this is cool. I hadn't noticed this before. I wonder why it is that way. And that if you have that attitude, you know, it's kind of the traveler's attitude. And you can still find, you know, the world is just as marvelous as it was when Darwin was traveling. It seems like rejecting this world helped you to come back to it in a way that, that <laughs> so you could enjoy it once again. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I really think it did. I think that uh, coming back from that trip, there's a, you see the whole Bay Area differently. You, know, you see, you know, you look at the hills like the, on the peninsula and you think, you know, I could probably walk up that and be back by lunch. <laughs> because in South America, there's this kind of, this, oh, well, I'll just walk up that one. And there's no paths or, you know, I think Darwin climbed there, so I might as well go see it. And you come back and you look at things that way and you see, you know, you walk around and walk around in the pastures in the East Bay, like kind of where I grew up. And it's just like thinking about this, you know, oh, these horses, you know, this is kind of interesting. Like I never just, I've always been, oh, there's horses. That's what, that's what's there. And then you start wondering and you start thinking and you get this history of things. And yeah, I, I think you're absolutely right. You just see the world differently and it's an improvement. You see the present through the lens of the past. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a great way of putting it. I think that's absolutely true. I've been speaking with Eric Simons. His new book is Darwin Slept Here. Thank you for joining me, Eric. Oh, absolutely. Thanks again. Appreciate it. You're listening to the Agony Column News Report featuring interviews, phone interviews, reports from live book events and festivals, and conversations with readers. You can find additional news, interviews, book reviews, and more five days a week at the Agony Column website at trashotroncom agony.